0: everybody, we are back with episode 4 of Protect the Shield. I'm Seth Hellman, joined by Joe Poerilis. Uh, Not a long show, I don't think, today. It depends on how long our first conversation goes, but we're gonna... It is Tuesday, uh, I guess, evening, we should call it. Sun has gone down, so we're gonna discuss kind of the outcome of the you know, the past week of the NFL and kind of the way different playoff pictures are looking, um, by division. Um, I mean, I think right now I would say the most enticing picture to look at. Um, I mean, I think there are a couple of really good ones to look at. I mean, the AFC, um, the AFC North, uh, the Steelers and the Browns, it's you know, the Browns with their loss to the Ravens last night really kind of affects their ability to win the division. Um, but they're still only two games behind the Steelers, um, with three games left. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and that's something that I feel like can be overcome, especially with how badly the Steelers have played over the past couple of weeks with the loss to the, uh, to the football team and then the loss to the Bills this week. Um, so that'll be interesting to watch. The Chiefs, of course, have clinched, I believe, the bye. Is, or, uh, they haven't quite clinched the bye, but it, all signs point towards them clinching the bye. Um, the wild card race is heating up. So yeah, I mean, I don't know what your thoughts are on the AFC North right now. Yeah, I'm uh,
1: looking at the. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, the and that that lost the Ravens last night. I, obviously, it's not ideal in the division race. And I was just thought it was obviously caught up in how good of a game it was, just because it, it was so back and forth and went down right to the wire. But that really hurt their chances more than anything else. But I mean. You look at the Browns; the rest of their season, they got three games left against the Giants, and then against the Jets in Week 16, and then they play the Steelers in Week 17. So they could, they could, they could win all three of those games easily, especially those first two.
0: Yeah, and, then and in that case, you only need one loss from the Steelers, and then you just got to beat them.
1: Right? Yeah they they need the yeah they need the Steelers to go at least one and two in that stretch, including right. a, including a win, but. The Steelers play. Uh, Steelers play the Bengals next week, which They're they'll not probably win. win um, they play the Colts, which is I, I think that could go either way. Game, yeah. yeah, but they could definitely lose that. And then of course they play the the Browns. So I think that I think you know depending on how the Browns play, I think they can definitely beat the Giants and they can definitely beat the Jets. So maybe you don't have to look at those too closely. But I think that Week 16 matchup. Between the Steelers and the Colts is going to be a huge indicator of where the division goes. And do they do the Browns owe the own the tiebreaker? I think. Um,
0: um, I think they. So, not necessarily, I don't think they do, because even if the Browns went out, the best they can be in the division is three and three. And the Steelers are already four and zero in the division, so even with two more losses in the division, it would be um, they'd be four and two. So actually, yeah, that's it. That, and, unless the Steelers lose out, yeah, the Steelers Browns have to lose out. out. Then yeah, so the only never mind. They won the division. <laughs> um, but yeah, as far as divisions that actually have you know an interesting race coming down to the end of the uh, end of the season, the AFC South nothing's been decided there as of yet. If the Colts win out and the Titans um, win out, I believe the Titans end up with a tiebreaker in that situation. Um, But I don't – I feel like the Colts might play them. I'm not a 1,000% sure on that. Um,
1: Yeah, so the Colts play the Texans, then – the Steelers, as we just mentioned, and then they play the Jags in week 17. Yeah, So, so they're done playing each other this season.
0: Yeah, and that actually – that's probably the f- – I don't know who holds the head-to-head there, but the Titans hold the division record benefit. Um, so at this point, I feel like the Titans have kind of got it locked up. I'd be surprised if they didn't end up winning the division – um, especially if they go Lions, Packers, Texans, they'll probably win two of those three. Um, and it depends on whether or not Henry can kind of recreate some of the magic he had at the beginning of the season. Um, he's kind of fallen off, I think a little bit over the past two weeks. I think he had a really good week this week and then, but it was like last week, he didn't have the greatest game. Um. Right now, the AFC East is still a little tight. I feel like the Bills have kind of solidified their spot. I don't see the Dolphins winning out. Um, the Dolphins play the Bills and the Patriots, uh, and both of those are very losable games for them. Um, Patriots pretty much done in the playoff picture now. Uh, the only situation in which the Patriots find their way into the playoff picture is is if Baltimore somehow doesn't win uh, more than one game for the rest of the year, they need the Dolphins to essentially lose out. Um, and the Patriots themselves need to pa- win yeah, out. Pa- yeah. Patriots have to win out. The Dolphins need to lose two more games. The um, The Ravens would have to lose out And the Raiders can only win two more games. Um, but so like the what's crazy here is the Patriots put themselves in such a good spot against all of the teams that they need to be able to hop like they own the tiebreaker over literally every single team that they need to hop right now. They own the tiebreaker over the Ravens cause they beat them this year. They own the tiebreaker over the Raiders cause they beat them this year. If they beat the dolphins again and the dolphins uh, lose to the bills, then the Patriots will hold the tiebreaker over the dolphins. Um, so we're sitting in a spot right now where had the Patriots managed to win the game this week had the Patriots managed to beat the Broncos earlier in the season, the Patriots would be almost a lock for the playoffs. They had a 6% um, chance of making the playoffs uh, following their loss to the Rams this week. And when you look at it, it was actually like if there was ever a time where a team who had a 6% chance of making the playoffs was going to make the playoffs, it would have been this Patriots team. The rest of their schedule is not all that difficult. Um, it's three division games. They play the Bills, the Dolphins, and the Jets. They The Dolphins always give them a good game, but the Dolphins are certainly a beatable team. They've shown that this year. The Patriots only lost to the Bills by six points earlier in the season, and the Jets are the Jets, right? So realistically, the Patriots winning out is not out of the question, but that loss by the Browns last night and the Ravens win really kind of puts the chokehold on the Patriots uh, playoff hopes right now. And that would have been a real dark horse kind of making into the playoffs. Um, realistically though, if the, if the Colts lose out, which I don't think they will, um, then the Raiders would only need to lose one game. And then I believe there's one other. And then if the Patriots could hop the dolphins then the Patriots would find themselves in the playoff picture, but we're getting to a, a point where that's a lot of that's a lot of ifs that's a lot of yeah. really heavy ifs and i mean before the ravens victory last night it was still a lot of ifs but there were significantly less like like it's a stupid english but iffy ifs right like yeah it, when you looked at the schedules of the teams that they needed to have all these things happen to, you're like, oh, that's actually plausible. Especially, you know, if the Ravens lost last night, they fall to seven and six, one loss, and that's, you know, the Patriots just have to win out and then they're, you know, they're good. The Raiders are definitely going to lose one more game. Like, there's no way they're not going to lose one of these next three. Um, so the Patriots kind of put themselves in this position where, Look, you lose the game to the Broncos earlier in the season that you shouldn't have lost. Um, I think There was another game in there. I mean, the Chiefs game was easily a winnable game, given how awful the Chiefs played for the vast majority of it. And really, it just all goes back to Cam getting COVID. I mean, Cam was playing so much better before he got COVID. Um, and then he got it and he comes back and the team just kind of looks like it's in shambles um so there's a couple uh you know you look back at that and that's kind of the shift in the Patriots season um I don't know that we really need to discuss them any more than that I've well you have been well
1: what no what I will thoughts. say is that um yeah the the Patriots at least for themselves they they very well could win out I mean the I think the week 16 game against the Bills is probably that'll probably be the where the buck stops for them if not next week I think I mean they Division games are a lot more volatile. They tend to be more up in the air, no matter how good the opponents are. So it's possible. But you mentioned the you, you need the Dolphins to lose most of their games, if not all of them. You and need the
0: Dolphins to lose two. If the Dolphins lose two, yeah. you're good. And the Dolphins and you need play the, the
1: Bills and the Patriots. You need, you need the Raiders to lose as well, only, right? Only, they only,
0: only need to lose one game.
1: Well, the well, what's kind of tricky with that is the, is the uh, Dolphins and the Raiders play each other in Week 16. So unless, right, unless but, they tie, but, one of them right, is going to win. Re- realistically,
0: we'll- though, you, the, um, in order for the Patriots to jump the Dolphins, uh, it would be – I mean, it, the Patriots already hold a tiebreaker with the division record. So if they win, they, um, I think they tie head-to-head if the Patriots beat the Dolphins. But Dolphins lose um, – against the Patriots and the Bills and then beat the Raiders and that's it that's what all the Patriots would needs and that's not um that's really not a uh, low percentage of hap- like that's a very realistic thing that can um that can happen given just kind of some of the games that the Raiders had this year i mean they are the aren't they the one uh loss in the Chiefs record this year
1: uh Wait, which team? The Raiders? Yeah, the Raiders, yeah, the Raiders were the Raiders. one team that lost. Yeah, yeah. so,
0: I mean, the, the Raiders have shown signs of being able to play very well. And so them beating or, um, the, the Dolphins isn't really out of, you know, out of the picture. It's something that, you know, that'd be an interesting game to watch. Um, but, like I mean, realistically, all, like if the, the Dolphins can beat the, the Raiders and that's really all the Patriots would need. I mean, they have to beat the Dolphins once anyway. So,
1: yeah, I was just, I'm on the uh, NFL playoff machine right now. And I found once, at least one scenario in which the Patriots would make the playoffs as a nine and 17, but, but I'm not sure how likely these scenarios would be. So the, the Patriots went out, the Chargers beat the Raiders, uh, the Ravens beat the Jags, which this is all in week 15. So the Chargers win next week. The Ravens win next week. And then that's all those that – and then week week 16, the Raiders beat the Dolphins, the Giants beat the Ravens, and then the Patriots win their game against the Bills. Then in week 17, the Bills beat the Dolphins, the Jets beat the – no, 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 the Patriots beat the Jets. The Bengals beat the Ravens, and the Broncos beat the Raiders –
0: yeah, so and then the, they'll
1: then they'll win <laughs> Then they'll get the seventh seed.
0: they mo- the most as crazy as it sounds the most likely scenario for the Patriots right now is the Colts losing out. If the Colts lose out that solidifies the Patriots' ability to get in because that you know the the Patriots have to hump, have to jump 3 teams right mm-hmm. now. The Raiders I think they will jump. I'd be surprised if the if the Raiders went out. Um, Miami I think the Patriots will jump. The Patriots have the ability to beat Miami uh, when they play them. And the Bills for sure have the ability to beat uh, Miami when they play them. Um, So that would be all the Patriots would need to jump Miami. Um, And then after that, it's you need to be you need to jump either the Colts, the Ravens or the Browns. Um, I think that the Browns might have the tiebreaker um, on the Patriots. They are six and four in the conference right now. And the Patriots are five and four with three conference. So actually the Patriots could theoretically hop the Browns. I don't see that happening. Um, the, their best shot really was a Ravens loss. Because the, if the Ravens lost to the Browns, it is not hard to see a team losing one of the last three games of the regular season. That happens all the time. It's the NFL, right? It's a, it's a competitive league. Um, and I just th- – right now, the Ra- there's, I don't see the Ravens losing two of the next three. That doesn't seem like it's in the cards unless Lamar goes down. Yeah. Um, and so, really, the best shot is if the Colts lose out don't really see that happening either i would honestly like i think that the patriots are done i think
1: yeah i Um, think it's just one of those scenarios where too much needs to happen yeah and it probably just won't uh just given all the different matchups that need to
0: even the titans coming out would uh help them which is insane the fact that the patriots could hop the titans in the standing is unbelievable
1: yeah, I mean it's it's literally a two horse race in the south cuz both the Texans and Jaguars are officially eliminated and the Titans and Colts are both 9 and 4. So right. So that that keeps it interesting there. Um other than so yeah, I mean at this point it's really just about that those final two wild card spots in the in the AFC. I think the Browns well, are The Browns are
0: pretty much locked pretty, up. Yeah. That one wild card spot um Colts have probably locked up. The other one, granted, still. Well, we
1: know it's it's going to be the Titans or the Colts, most likely in that in that other right. spot. Yeah. One of them's going to win. The other's right. going to get going to get one of those wild card spots. And so, I guess realistically, the final spot is down to Miami, Baltimore, and the Raiders. I guess at this point.
0: Yes. I mean, I, I, the Raiders are not making that wild card spot. It's 100% going to be the Ravens um, or the, um, I mean the Ra- it's I'd be surprised if that last three. I, I feel like the Titans are gonna win the division. So I, I would say that those last three spots are probably going to be Brown's, Colts, Ravens. Um The only way that that changes is if the Colts lose out. The Colts are the wild card in that situation. Do not see the Ravens putting themselves in a spot where they don't make the playoffs. Um, the only thing that would stop the Ravens right now from making the playoffs is the dolphins somehow winning out. Mm. I think the Dolphins hold the tiebreaker um, right now over the Ravens, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they do because the mm. Dolphins are currently the seven seed and they would play um, – who would they play? They would end up playing the Steelers uh, as the, the way the standings are right now. They would end right. up playing yeah. the Steelers uh, in um, the first uh, round of the playoffs. But um, So right now – I mean, the Dolphins could certainly fall out of that. I don't see them staying in that spot. I think that the Ravens – just, I mean, you look at the remainder of their schedule. It's such a light schedule. I don't see them losing the games necessary for them to drop out. The Colts certainly. Who knows? You know, Phillip Rivers could, you know, fall over, and uh, you know, or you could be suffocated by the weight of his nine children. You never know. <laughs> um, yeah, the the Colts are they're they're one of those teams where they look
1: they look great against like you know middle middling teams or worse, but like right. they don't. They just don't seem to be at that level of like the top teams in the conference.
0: Well, I mean, part of it is you look at a guy like T.Y. Hilton, and you know, he's been so good for stretches in his career. Um, And he's struggled for the past, I don't know, two seasons maybe. Um, He's starting to find himself again a little bit this year. But other than that, they don't, I mean, they got Doyle other than that, the, the receiving court isn't great. Their passing game is not something that, you know, if I'm a playoff team and I see the Colts on the schedule, I'm like, okay, how do we shut down their run game? Cause they have a, a couple of great running backs, um, working for them right now there. I mean, they're, um, uh, this week, one of the running backs went off, right? Uh, yeah. Jonathan Taylor had a really good, Jonathan really good Taylor week. had an excellent week this week. Um, trying to find the exact stat line. I just know that he played very well. Um, But I mean, that's really, that's their strength right now. I mean, Philip Rivers had two touchdowns, uh, 19 for 28, 244 yards. That's not, you know, I don't look at that and say, oh, he had a great game. Um, But I mean, the big thing there is T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton had five receptions for 86 yards. He caught both of those touchdown passes. So if T.Y. Hilton plays well, that kind of sets the tone for the rest of them. But yeah, Jonathan Taylor with 20 carries, 150 yards, and two touchdowns. And then yeah. uh I apologize and- if I screw up this guy's first name, but uh Naheem Hines, seven carries, fifty-eight yards. I mean, that's that's over eight yards a carry, right? Yeah. Two they- running backs there that you can trust.
1: Yeah. One of, well, one of those runs was 31 for Hines. So that like okay. that's six for I don't know, still good efficiency running the ball. But they've got yeah, I mean, you mentioned Hilton and Taylor and even Hines, but I wouldn't overlook, you know, Pittman Jr. and Zach Pascal. They're both young. They didn't really put up they don't really put up huge numbers week to week. They're not gonna be like superstars, but they're reliable pass catchers whenever whenever Rivers decides to look their way. And uh who's the other one? Jordan Wilkins, the running back, he can he can make plays out of the backfield too. So they've got like decent playmakers it's not like you know it's not like a chief situation where they're all superstars but they're still it's still a good still a good group of offensive playmakers relative to the rest of the league and um, their defense is I I haven't been checking too much uh, in recent weeks but I know for much of the season they've been one of the best better defensive teams in the league as well
0: yeah, I mean they gave up twenty seven points this week, so that's obviously not something that you want to see um, too often. But you know they've had they've had a kind of an up and down season. They gave up twenty uh, seven to the Jaguars at the beginning of the season. gave up twenty three to the Browns, which is acceptable. Uh, gave up twenty seven to the Bengals before Joe Burrow goes down, so that's kind of acceptable. Um, gave up 21 to the lions. Fine. Good enough. Um, held Tennessee to only 17 points. Uh, green Bay, they held the 31, which for green Bay, the way they've been playing this season for how well, um, uh, Derek, or sorry, uh, Aaron Rodgers has been playing this year. It's perfectly fine for them to give up 31. Then they lose to the Titans, giving up 45, um they beat the Texans giving up 20 and then that brings us to this week um so I feel like the big test for that defense is going to be Pittsburgh uh in week 16 um as much as I feel like Pittsburgh was the worst 11-0 team in NFL history I Look at their offense and say they've still got a couple of weapons. They've got some guys who can play well on that team. Uh, they they do. James they Connor. just they just got to p-
1: catch the ball, right? I exactly. mean, <laughs> and James Connor, he you know you mentioned him. He he really has not been running the ball well recently. Yeah, and he, I believe the past was, couple of
0: weeks he's been. I mean, did he's he have an injury? He's did, been dealing. Did he
1: have a? Did he have COVID as well, or did, was he just on the list as a close contact? Because I know was he was on, out
0: for. He's on the COVID list. I think. Which is, I don't know that it was ever confirmed that he got COVID. I feel like that would have been a big story, just given his that, whole no recovery. Yeah, exactly.
1: I didn't even think about that till just now. Like um, uh,
0: I don't. I he's been questionable for the past couple of weeks, but played like for the past two weeks. I think he's been he, questionable and played.
1: Well, he no he he tested positive on okay. November twenty eighth. Okay, uh, and he was missing for a couple weeks there. So so yeah, that's. Obviously, yeah, I mean, he with only someone has... with his medical history that's a huge concern. And I can't remember, uh, I mean, I mean, yeah, the, the whole Steelers offense is just you know going on the way down. I think they've between like Deontay Johnson and Eric Ebron, they're probably the most prominent pass droppers in the league this season. I think yeah. Johnson leads the league and dropped passes right now. He's still a great playmaker, but if you've got Big Ben who's on his last legs, he is coming off the elbow surgery this year and he's just not looking as good as he has in the past. Like they're, they're hanging on by a thread. I mean, obviously that 11 and no start is going to bolster them well into the playoffs. They're going to be, they're going to have a favorable matchup in the first round, but it's going to be, uh, it's going to be tricky. I, I just given everything going on with their offense and their injuries on defense too. They lost Bud Dupree for the year. Um, they've, they've lost a few guys on defense too. So, they're just falling apart by the seams right now.
0: Yeah, it's 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 interesting uh, to watch them play right now. It's just they're not they're falling apart a little bit, but that, they're still the strongest team on the rest of the Colts schedule. They're going to play the Texans this upcoming week, which of course you know you've got Deshaun Watson. He's one of the best young quarterbacks in the league, I would say. Um, but that offense, you know, Will Fuller being suspended for the rest of the year um and the rest of that team isn't you know fells has had an up and down season their running game isn't something that i look at and say oh they've got good running backs so i mean they got david johnson but you know he's david johnson he's always ranked number one in fantasy and then doesn't do anything right right (laughs) for the past five years um, so I'd be, I'd be shocked, honestly, if the Colts didn't win at least two of their remaining three games to play Jacksonville Week 17. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's something where you look at it and you say the only thing that I – I mean, like, I feel like the running game has been solid enough that they don't have to worry about it. They might want to work on their passing game. But I think that the defense right now is the thing that they would have to pay attention to certainly could get exposed somehow next week. I mean, if the offense, you know, say the Texans somehow manage to stop the run, I feel like the Texans win that game. Um, I mean, if you can stop, it, realistically, if you stop the Colts from running the ball, right, you know, they had two rushing touchdowns, I think, last week, maybe more than that. And I just know um, their leading rusher had uh, two rushing touchdowns, right? So you take away those two touchdowns, you force river, you know, rivers only has two touchdowns last week. Right. And then, you know, that's only 14 points. Maybe they get a couple of field goals. Maybe they get a defensive touchdown or something like that. I mean, that's only 20. you only have to put up realistically, they could put up 20 points and beat the Colts. Right.
1: I mean, I, I feel like you can't really just say, t- you know, you take away the two touchdowns from the running back. Cause when Taylor's been out this year, um Hines and Wilkins have stepped right, in and saying, have contributed as well able, if you're able and to a bunch of down,
0: if you're able to shut down the run I think that the days of Philip Rivers throwing four touchdown passes in a game are behind him especially hmm. with how up and down Ty Hilton can be yeah that's you know, that,
1: that's definitely the priority of the defense is to sh- you know focus on the run and then let try to let rivers beat you which you probably can't at this point I i
0: mean realistically if if there is not a single rushing touchdown by the colts i would be surprised to see them break 20 if they're lucky they get 21 maybe you know like they maybe get three touchdowns more likely than not it's two touchdowns and you know maybe a couple of field goals if but that's you know so that's if the colts can't run the ball which i don't see any reason why they wouldn't be able to run the ball. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not exactly terrified by the Texans defensive line right now. I mean, they've, oh, got yeah. they've, they've
1: one of the worst run defenses in the league this year, the Texans Which is, do. How
0: bad of a front – I mean, I get that they had to deal with um, Bill O'Brien and the team that he put together, but how bad of a front office do you have to be to have a top – I'd say top three defensive lineman – in the NFL, I think I don't know if you agree with that one or not. J.J. Watt, I wouldn't say currently. I
1: mean, obviously he used to be the best, but like he's, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Either I think, way,
0: you have you have one of the top defensive linemen yeah. in the NFL, and you can't stop the run. Like, come on.
1: Yeah, I mean, he can't do it on a, he can't do it on his own. Obviously, they right, but they should have done a better job building around him. It's um, one of those
0: things where it's like. He's JJ Watt, right? So yeah. even injured, he's still gonna be, you know, he's still he's still a very solid um football player. So a guy like that, he can draw a double team. You're telling me that you can't put three guys on your defensive line and have one of them be able to beat his lineman? Yeah. Like, th- that's what happens with J- right? J.J. Watt forces one-on-one matchups for the mm-hmm. rest of his de- defensive line. You know, that's why certain guys that you see out there, um, I think of uh, Jadavion Clowney, I think of Indomkin uh, Sue. you know, guys that might not necessarily have been putting up the biggest numbers for the past couple of years. You know, guys that were really at the top of their games were putting up massive numbers and then fell off due to, you know, whatever reason.
1: Yeah, if if only the Texans had Clowney to pair with uh, J.J. Watt, that would be...
0: (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, you you get what I'm saying, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have these guys that are there that force the defense to pay attention to them, and that's why their numbers go down. Um, And, you know, there are some guys who they force the defense to pay attention to them, and it doesn't matter. I think of uh, a Michael Strahan. I think of uh, Lawrence Taylor. You know, guys like that who would get double teamed would be able to break the double team and still wreak, you know, havoc on the offense. Whereas you have guys like Sue, Su um, and a tail end of his career, JJ Watt, who might not necessarily be able to, you know, JJ Watt is still going to command a double team. Mm-hmm. He's not necessarily going to be able to break it. Then you're telling me that you can't find three guys and then have one of those three be able to break back past his lineman and disrupt a play. Like, There's no excuse to me when you have a guy like J.J. Watt to not be able to put together some sort of, like, mediocre – like, you don't need a top 40 defensive lineman, you know, to pair with him. You mean maybe a top 60 guy Mm -hmm. to throw in there. And, you know, you find one. You only need one to get past his lineman, and that's it. Right.
1: Yeah, and it's not like – any competent lineman will – they may not win every single one of their battles against an offensive lineman, but they're going to get past them a few times a game, most likely right. if they're, you know, a competent level lineman. So, and uh, granted, I don't know. I'm not, you know, don't play too close attention to the Houston linebacker situation. I know that that's obviously part of, you know, stopping it, the run. It hasn't
0: um, been nearly as good. I don't. Think. Yeah.
1: So the, there are a lot of, lot of issues with the texans which made me think of this question right now and it may not be super may not be one that needs to be hashed out super in depth but who would you rather be right now given the state of the franchise and their and the personal future and i think this will be easier to answer once we know where trubisky is playing next year but would you rather be right now deshaun watson or mitchell trubisky trubisky you're most likely going to have a chance to restart with some other franchise somewhere when Deshaun Watson is stuck with these Texans that aren't going to go anywhere in the next few years.
0: I'd rather be Deshaun Watson. I'd Because the thing is that Deshaun Watson is still producing. Like nobody is giving him the blame. for Oh, no, no. Not no. I'm not saying which
1: player you'd rather have. No, I, mean, no, no, I obviously not, Watson's I would a better rather, quarterback.
0: No, I'm saying I would rather be, right? Because like you think about it you know, Trisky's still going to make some level of money, right? And, you know, obviously he's going to have the... But here's the thing, right? Like, I don't think he's going to be a starting quarterback anywhere. Like, I don't think there's going to be a team... Unless the Bears hold on to him and keep him as their starting quarterback, which I really don't... They probably won't. ...be yeah. happening. Um, you know, that, that, that's the only situation in which he's a starting quarterback. So if, I'm, if I have to become one of these guys, I would much rather be Deshaun Watson, be getting paid be not taking the blame and just be frustrated that I'm losing than be Mitchell Trubisky and have to sit on the bench. I would rather be doing my best and losing than be sitting on the bench and watching it happen.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a fair point. I, I don't know. Is there any other scenario with, in which Trubisky could start? I guess, it's a, I guess we don't really know who would want to sign him at this point. I um, mean, if,
0: if the Patriots don't, keep cam that would be interesting and they can't get anyone then that would be the one situation in the nfl that'd be so then
1: so then let me reshape it as to you as a patriots fan would you rather be trubisky getting a chance to start week one on the patriots in 2021 or deshaun watson going into next year
0: deshaun watson dude even so even if trubisky
1: starting with the with the. the Patriots who will have a chance to sort of regroup this offseason
0: yeah you kidding me dude like you're asking me would I rather have my weapons be Will Fuller fells. we don't know that though
1: Fuller could be gone after this year
0: oh is he a free agent
1: he's a free agent he could be gone this year
0: nah there's their wide receiving core is still better than the Patriots <laughs> dude. like but who I, knows what the Patriots are going
1: to do I mean obviously this as much as I get better the question Patri- entering 2021 right. and personally I I don't think anyone wants to be mitch trubisky this is not really uh
0: no i, I but but the no, my, my aside, point is but, my point is is that right now the patriots wide receiving core is not yeah it, it's not there it's not what you want even even the minimal weapons that the texans have right now is better than anything that the patriots can put out there um Yeah, I would much rather I would much rather not be the starting quarterback for the Patriots. Man, I I just
1: don't like this whole yeah, this might might have been an easy would you rather, I guess, if you want to call it that. But like uh though,
0: right? Like say say I'm me. Say I'm me, right? And I grew up a Patriots fan, right? And you're telling me that I can either be the starting quarterback for the New England Patriots right now, or I can be the starting quarterback for the Texans. I'm picking the Texans not just because of the receiving core. Like, yes, it's a tough look for a franchise right now, but, I mean, they're improving, right? They got rid of Bill O'Brien. That's step number one. But here's the other glaring thing. It's the offensive line. Their offensive line is so far superior to whatever the Patriots are trying to claim is an offensive line right now.
1: But do you know how they got there? At least with one of the pieces of the offensive line, yeah, yeah, yeah in Laramie Tunsil. Hey,
0: you know, whatever. Here, my, but actually, no, he was the. Was that the? That was a different trade, wasn't? Larry, no, they
1: traded. They traded multiple first round. I think at least a first rounder and a second rounder, probably more. I'm oh, pretty right, yeah, sure. Or yeah, for him
0: and Cooks, right?
1: Um, I don't. Not, no, was, no, 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 no. not for it? any Cooks? They just signed Cooks or they traded for it, something like that. Um, no, but Tunsil, they traded a ton for. Didn't re-sign him right when they traded him, and then when free agency came, they paid him twenty-two million dollars a year to stay in Houston, which is like which set new records for offensive linemen. Right, they got Kenny uh, Still contract.
0: That's what it was. Oh, uh, okay. It was for two first-round picks, uh, a second-round pick, uh, Johnson Batemosi, Julian Davenport, and then they got Tunsil Stills a fourth and a sixth. And I'd still rather be in that situation. I'm not going to – like, is a good lineman.
1: Yeah, my my overall point is that, like, I don't know. I I just can't imagine – like, Deshaun Watson, he's making – you know, he's making money. He's not getting blamed for anything that's going on. But, like, as a guy who went to Clemson and won a national championship and was just on top of the college football world to come to the NFL, he sees – one of his peers in Patrick Mahomes just dominating with the chiefs every single week already has well, a super I mean, bowl, already has a super bowl MVP. And I know you can't like directly compare the two, but right, like, but just knowing him, say, I don't like, I don't even know what his prospects are like what he's even thinking. Cause he is locked in Houston right now. He signed a four year right. deal. Like I, I don't even know what to expect for the next two, if he really cares about, and I'm not saying like he should demand a trade or anything like that, but I'm just saying, Knowing that he's in this contract for four years, I just can't imagine what he's thinking looking at the next couple of years. Cause they're I mean, not they're just not gonna be competitive. Success,
0: right. Like it's not like he hasn't had any success in his career. This year's been kind of a fluky year for them, right? Like they they had success for the past couple of years, they just couldn't get it done in the playoffs.
1: Right. And but they've been set back so far now. Right. Just given everything that O'Brien did this offseason. And that's not to his fault. That's not blaming him at all. He's one of the few reasons why they're a somewhat attractive team i mean they're four and nine this year but if you have a good quarterback then your outlook is a lot better than if you don't have a quarterback no matter right. what the rest of your team looks like i just like seeing everything that unfolded this offseason and leading into this year if they don't have their first round pick this year which is a big deal i don't know what their second round pick is like if they even have it or if that also don't. went the away yeah one pick was in so, the of trade. yeah so they, they're earliest pick this year is a third rounder. That's not, uh, like, they're not going to get dramatically better unless they somehow really cash out or spend in free agency. But with J.J. Watt, Tunsil, and Watson all having big cap numbers, plus whoever else may may be against the books, I don't know their full cap situation, but, like, I don't know how they're going to markedly improve between this year and next. Maybe they can get better uh, for um, 2022, but even still, I, it's it's just not a good situation for. Well, and I'm not the first person to say that, obviously, but right. it's just. Let's see how many how much cap space do they have as of right now? They, okay, as of right now, they are projected to be 12 million dollars over the cap for 2021 so they need to cut space (laughs) or they need to clear space
0: you know it's not like the patriots are in a significantly better spot i mean the patriots have like 39 million open right now but that they're gonna
1: they're gonna have 68.8 caps yeah but that's that's not
0: including any of their opt-outs mm-hmm so right yeah. like high i don't think so. got a yeah. big contract like that's why people look at it and they're like oh the patriots have 39 million dollars in cap space why didn't they sign a better quarterback well when philip rivers and teddy bridgewater both signed the patriots didn't have that cap space because their opt-outs hadn't come yet right high tower opts out shung opts out a bunch of other guys opt out And then you're left in a spot where yes, you have $39 million in cap space, but it's not like you can go and sign a guy for 20 million because realistically for next year, you only have, you know, whatever that number is when you factor in all of the contracts that they aren't paying right now, because those guys opted out. Um, And that's why when people are like, Cam really wasn't the, but no, Cam was the best option because he was the only one who was going to sign for cheap enough. And you know, Especially at that price point, you're not going to get a better option than Cam. Especially, like, people are trying to give Cam all this, hate. like, look, dude got COVID. We're seeing how it's affecting guys. Like, look at James Conner, who we discussed already in the podcast, right? Like, dude's been struggling ever since he got COVID. Cam's been struggling ever since he got COVID. Russell Westbrook got COVID in the NBA and then really did not play well in the bubble. You know, we're we're seeing a trend of it takes guys a little bit to come back, and we don't really know how long that process is going to take. We don't know if Russell Westbrook is going to be the same player now. I hope he is personally. Yeah, obviously he's the (laughs) same. Yeah, right. But we don't know. We don't yeah, know if James Conner comes back next year and returns to the form that he was. Cam Newton was already, you know, lower down because of all of the injuries that he's been suffering through. And then he gets COVID and, it's, you know, it looks like he was back to his old self, you know, a little bit slower, which is to be expected. No one was expecting him to be 2015, Cam. But the effects of COVID on players is something that, you know, it, there are going to be studies 20 years down the line where they say, this is what happened you know they're gonna track it they're gonna be able to tell um and so that's what i like you can't blame cam really i don't think for any i mean you can blame i mean like look we don't know the situation around it right like we don't know how this dude got covid for all we know is his girlfriend or what i don't know if he's married or i know he has kids um you know went out and did something irresponsible right like we don't know that it was his fault right it's just the dude got covid and stopped playing as well as he could. And, you know, that's just how it happened, but don't be sitting here saying, Oh, they should have signed X quarterback in the off season. No, they didn't have the money to do it. Cam was the only one that they could really sign for the proper amount of money. And clearly showing by what Stidham's done this year, Belichick was like, yeah, I'm signing a different quarterback. Yeah. I don't trust this Stidham guy. And Hoyer is really just here to be a backup.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, we spent a pretty good amount of time on the AFC. Why don't we just take like a quick I look mean, at not much the to NFC? That's in the that's NFC a little bit more right. dry. The, the,
0: the only two competitive divisions right now are the East and the uh, West. I would say. Yes. I mean the South, um, like technically, isn't clinched, but like Drew Brees is supposed to come back soon. There, I yeah. don't see them losing the division. So. Yeah, we
1: think. Yeah, Saints Packers got their divisions pretty much locked up at this point. Seahawks Tampa's are gonna are get a wild card playoffs. spot. Playoffs. Yeah, Tampa's Rams, Seahawks, one of them's gonna win. One of them's get the, gonna get the the wild card. Arizona's in the mix. The Vikings are in the mix.
0: Arizona. Then, it. It's gonna be Arizona. There's no way.
1: And then in the NFC Beast division. Oh yeah. The that one is Dude, I mentioned it more before. up for grabs
0: I feel like the NFC, whoever wins the NFC East is going to find themselves in a position where they might win a playoff game. Like they might they might this might be the the Titans of last year where it's just a random team that no one really expected to win a game wins a game. I don't think they're going to win more than one game like the Titans did, but they might win one. Yeah,
1: I think uh it's it's more interesting that Cowboys are pretty much done at this point despite being half a game back from the Eagles because they I believe if Washington wins one more game which they will they're going to win at least one of their next three games and if Dallas doesn't win Dallas has to win out to be even in consideration which I don't think they will and then as soon and then if Washington wins a game and maybe the Giants at this point I'm not completely sure about that but Dallas is pretty much out of the picture. Washington. Jalen
0: Hurts has made plays the Giants right. Washington already played the Giants twice. Oh, they did. So who who does? Oh, does Washington get the Cowboys week seventeen? Is that who it is? Or is they no? They we play the Eagles week seventeen. Right. It's always Giants. Cowboys week seventeen. That's what it is. I mean, look, Jalen Hurts. They can easily win their next four games, and Washington can easily lose. You know, at least one, if not two, of their next three.
1: That big, yeah. They're. Who did the – yeah, the Eagles play the Cardinals. No, I don't see
0: the Giants winning out. That's not going to happen.
1: The Eagles play the Cardinals and the Cowboys and then Washington. So
0: – If they somehow manage to beat the Cardinals, they're winning out. They end up 7-8-1. Uh, yeah, and, and and
1: if the – and if Washington finishes – one and if Washington two. Washington
0: finishes seven and nine. They lose the division, right? You
1: they know? do. Because if if uh, if Philadelphia wins out, yeah, because then Philly would be seven, eight, and one, and that but, tie I mean, from all the point, way back I against really, the Bengals would save them.
0: I I I'm kind of rooting for for a. Uh, I want Washington to win out because it would make me a lot happier if we had a team that was a winning record making it into the playoffs
1: well what would make me i mean i just want the. i don't care what record they have obviously i want them to win but i was plugging through different scenarios and i found one possible outcome i sound like dr strange and avengers one possible outcome <laughs> in which washington finishes six and ten and still wins the division
0: are you kidding they me? can
1: lose out and still win the division
0: what what has to happen? Giants so, lose
1: out. So the Giants lose out to Cleveland, Baltimore, and Dallas. That's not the Dallas part is probably the least realistic in terms of them losing. Yeah, but, but it's also week gives seventeen. A good game. It's NFC East football. That
0: part could go either way. Especially if Daniel Jones is the starting quarterback. I don't know if you watched right. any of the uh, Giants game this week. It was brutal. So this this would be the most
1: realistic part of the conditions. Um, Washington obviously would lose out. They'd be finished six and 10 giants would finish five and 11. The Eagles would lose to Arizona and Dallas and then beat Washington to finish five, 10 and one. And then the Cowboys would lose to the 49ers next week and beat Philly and the giants to finish six and 10 and lose in the tiebreaker because Washington beat them twice this year.
0: Oh my God.
1: So that is the only way Washington will win the division is if they lose out, the Giants lose out, the Eagles lose week 15 and 16 and then beat Washington in week 17, and then the Cowboys lose next week, but win their last two games. That's the only way that they will uh, that Washington could win the division by losing out. Now, that'd be nice. I don't know. I don't think they will lose out, I think. I think they'll lose next week to Seattle, but they have a good chance to beat Carolina and Philly. I think those two games could be won or lost, but definitely a better chance of getting some of those. And they could still win if they if they win only one of their next two. But there are a bunch of different scenarios in which that would happen. Right. But being a game ahead of the Giants is huge for them. Yes. The, the sure. only – especially since the Giants own the tiebreaker. The only um, – the only bad thing is that, or the, the only the only concern for that right now is that if this whole Jalen Hurts just completely turning the Eagles' offense around actually sticks. I mean, there's no tape on him, so that's always dangerous with young quarterbacks because right, yeah. like they don't really know you how to prepare no idea for him. What's happen. I mean, he'll obviously be producing more tape, but that's not really going to be a huge thing. But yeah, I mean, he was what were his stats? I think I feel like he had a ton of rushing yards too in I'm addition to which sure. which if you got hurts running the ball and miles sanders like that's that's a scary thing yeah hurts had 106 rushing yards and 167 passing yards yeah he didn't have a great completion percentage throwing the ball but i mean he got Still, it done. if
0: you can run for more than 100 the, yards the team game, a the team
1: ran for nearly 250 yards so yeah, that's that'll get it done yeah which is uh and they did it against the Saints which have have a pretty good defense and obviously are one of the best teams in the NFC this season. So, if they can top the Saints then they they could be coming. That'll be a I think you know people people will clown this division all they want and that it's warranted, but this will be one of the most interesting finishes. I think it'll be the most interesting finish in terms of divisions in the entire league and it's probably one of the most interesting ones in recent memory that I can think of just in how it'll finish. I don't think there's, if you talk about like, you know, which, which people, which teams will finish towards the top of the division and have a chance to win the Super Bowl, that's not any of this, these teams. None of these teams right. are going to win the Super Bowl. But um, still, obviously, as a fan, I'm invested and I feel like, I feel like there's enough intrigue for other fans to be invested too, because as you mentioned, there's president for, uh, you know near five hundred team, whether it's seven nine eight and eight nine and seven somehow sneaking into the playoffs and then winning the first game so like they they could no matter who wins they've a chance to make noise if they're hosting a home playoff game uh, in January or December, but it'll be uh interesting to see
0: yeah for sure
1: yeah i'm I obviously don't want Washington to lose their lose any game I'm going to root for them to win right as much as possible but I wouldn't be disappointed if that six and ten outcome occurs and we win the division at six and ten that won't happen but I would be very happy if it did but I'll take however I'll take whatever way they can win the division instead yeah for sure but that would be man can you imagine that a six-win division winner?
0: That'd be that'd be insane. It'd be absolute insanity. <laughs> and we've been thinking that I was gonna happen all year long, and it's seeing seemingly more and more likely that they're gonna at least be five hundred, which is disappointing.
1: Yeah, and uh, they could be seven nine. There's a very real chance they they lose two of their next three, but I think I think they can easily win at least two. Not easily win. I think they can win their next two. They. Washington has the second longest winning streak in the league, behind Kansas City right now.
0: That's disgusting. So, I hate it.
1: So we're the, we're the second hottest team in the league right now. Just, yeah, just so we just know. Shut up, shut up. No.
0: <laughs> no, no.
1: I don't know. Can you can you really call Kansas City the hottest team? Because like they've they've been winning like that. They've just been hot all season. It's not like they're heating up. Like, they've right, just been like, at the same level. Like They've been statically good. They've always been good. Washington's trajectory is going up.
0: The, the only – they haven't beaten a good team. Washington the Chiefs? Beat the, oh, no, The Washington beat the oh, Bengals, Washington? the Cowboys, the Steelers, who I maintain were a fraud 11-0 team, which you can give them some credit for. I'll give them credit for that one. That, that's a decent team that they beat there. And they beat the 49ers. Like, really, the hottest team? Come on. They beat one good team. Re-
1: win streak-wise, they're the second hottest team in the league. No, I, I, I'm obviously – but what, what I think – what I will point out, and this doesn't go against your argument that they haven't beaten, like, incredible teams or anything like that. They're not going to go anywhere in the playoffs, even if they get right, there. Of course. But what I will say is that there was a four-week stretch – where they lost to the Giants by one and they went for two on a potential tying touchdown. It was like, it was a 20 to 13. They were losing 20 to 13 at the end of the game. They scored a touchdown to make it 20 to 19 and they went for two to try and win and they lost because they messed up the two-point attempt. Then they beat the Cowboys by a ton the next week. Then they lost to the Giants again after their bye week. 23 to 20, and then they lost the lions on a last second field goal by Matt Prater. So if they win two out of three of those, even if they lose one of those games to the giants, let's say, but they were very well, they're very much in position to possibly win two of those three games. Then they're eight and five with three games left. Again, you'll hear me saying when those games were happening, like a few weeks ago, that they were terrible and I didn't think they were going to make the playoffs. That is also true. I didn't think they're good. Their offense is terrible. And if Dwayne Haskins has to play over Alex Smith, then I think the Eagles have an even better chance to come through. And even the giants, if they, if the giants pick up to where they were when they were winning games in a row a few weeks ago, but defensively, they've got the defense has gotten better and better each week. And this past week they were insane. They scored all of our points pretty much. Um, But it's just crazy to think that if there were a few games that went differently, they'd, they'd be well on top of the division and probably would have clinched by now if they were eight and five. Right. But, yeah, you know, it before I was like toeing the line, like, because back when they lost to the Giants uh, in that game I just described, where they could have won with the two point conversion, but they fell short. I wasn't too upset cuz at that point I was like we might get a top 5 pick, we could be in the race for uh for for some some type of quarterback or some other game-changing player. Now we're not we may not even finish in the top 10 in terms of draft right. picks. So that one's uh that one hurts a little bit more looking back at it, but uh I'm still I'm all in on the playoff position this year, but we'll we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah. You know, other than that, I think the only the only thing to I mean the NFC West is I feel like the Seahawks should end up. I mean, so the Seahawks, the Rams play,
1: are the Rams are very good. The Rams, right, are,
0: but so here's the thing though, right? Seahawks play football team, Rams and Niners. They will beat the football team. They will beat the Niners for sure. They the probably Rams will a, beat
1: the football team.
0: They will beat the <laughs> football team. Get out of here. Then the Rams. The Rams is a different story. They play the Jets, then they play the Seahawks, and then they play the Cardinals. The Cardinals have huge upset potential there. Like, they very easily could pull off a victory against the Rams. So, that's – the Rams' remaining schedule is more difficult than the Seahawks. I don't
1: know about that. Who did the Seahawks play in week 17? The 49ers? Yeah, I don't know. I think –
0: I think, but like, honestly, if, I think that the 40, weeks, they are. If the Seahawks win two of their next three, I feel like they'll win the division because I don't know that, especially, I feel like, I mean, if they, here's the thing, if they beat the Rams, that's it, it's game over, right? That's week 16 is the big one.
1: Yeah, um, I think that's going to be the major decider because, yeah, the, the Rams are going to beat the Jets. That's just, there's, if they both, if they both beat win the next Jets, week, it's just the Cardinals yeah. is the if you, so know, the, they'll, they'll, know they'll both be 10 and at. four and then. Here, let's yeah, they'll both be ten and four next week, assuming they win their next two matchups. And it seems like the 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 Rams have the tiebreaker because right now they're in the lead for the division. I think they
0: beat the Seahawks earlier this year.
1: So if the Seahawks win, they'll be eleven and four. And then if the Seahawks basically if the Rams beat the Cardinals and the Seahawks lose to the Forty Nine ers, which Again, probably won't happen so yeah, I think it's I think it's really just gonna come down to that week sixteen game. Because if the Rams Rams...
0: but the Rams can definitely like like there's definitely a situation where I feel like the Rams could lose the division, even if there
1: there is a scenario, but I think if the if the Rams you say if the Seahawks win week sixteen, it's game over potentially, but I think if the Right, but If the my, Rams win, then it's no, definitely game over because there'll be a game wow. up and they'll have the tiebreaker too.
0: Oh, right, yeah, because then they'd end so, up winning too, yeah.
1: So I think but, it's – it's that, that division is going to come down to week 16. So I, really I hope nice. they flex that one. That would be – I don't know if it's in a primetime slot yet, but they should
0: definitely yeah, – They should definitely flex it to a primetime. But, yeah, and then I think – so I feel like I'm good with the NFL discussion. I'm assuming you are as well. The only mm-hmm. thing left really for us to discuss as far as sports news goes is – Giannis Antetokounmpo signs the biggest deal in NBA history. It is a supermax. It is worth 228 million and change. Uh, and it's essentially shut down any and all rumors of Giannis going anywhere other than Milwaukee. And to be honest with you, I think this is good for the NBA. I think it's good to have Giannis playing, you know, not being able to bounce around to a, a different team. Um, would it have been cool to see the Warriors try and get him? Yes. No. Would it have been cool no. <laughs> to see Miami try and get him and see what that team would have looked like? Yes, I think so. But, but I think it's I'll say better. yes, that would have been cool. But I, I think it's better that you know he stays in Milwaukee just for the sake of parity in the NBA. Um, but yeah, I think it's I, I don't know. I, like I was always the type of person where it was like you were seeing all of the things where it was like oh, Giannis unfollowed the Milwaukee Bucks on Twitter. He unfollowed yeah. them on Instagram. And I was like, all right, really? Like, we're saying that this means he's leaving? Uh, I, I would have personally,
1: in terms of seeing
0: him bounce or like
1: go to sign with a different team, seeing him go to Dallas with Luca, I think would have been,
0: that would have been even interesting. crazier. Interesting. Yeah, that would have been. But I uh, obviously yeah, that's way, not going to happen it, at it's this point. And, you know, um, it doesn't matter anymore.
1: I'm, I'm shocked he signed this early. I'm shocked. I I thought
0: like, I mean, look, we're at a point where I think he, you know, already knew that he was going to stay. They decided to offer him the most money they possibly could. And he was like, okay, sounds good to me.
1: And and good for him for staying loyal. And I think what's great for now this front office is like, you know, if they, if, if he, if they went into the season, he was going to be a free agent after the season, right.
0: He was Uh, entering the last
1: uh, year of his contract
0: not a thousand percent sure about that, but I think you're right.
1: Yeah. 2021, I think, was when he was going to be a free agent. Uh, yeah. Starts in 2021-22. right? Yeah. yeah, his current deal ends this season. Um, oh, no, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His current deal ends this season. Um, so so yeah, if they went through this year not knowing if they were gonna have him, I feel like their front office would operate totally differently and just totally sacrifice everything to try to win this year, and then maybe convince him to resign after they after they you know potentially win the championship or get to the finals. And then if he leaves, then they threw everything they have. I think now that they know that he's locked in, they're gonna to try to build not only for not only for this year obviously, but keep the immediate future in mind as well. And, um, really just, I mean, this extends their, this extends their contention for five years, at least for four years, right, most likely yeah. at least, um, which is great. And I've, I've always been, I, I've always complained whether just, you know, internally or to those around me who will listen about how ill constructed the league is when it comes to, you know, major markets having advantages over small market teams. And, you know, I, you say that this is better for in the league, which it is, but this is just, this is just a win for small market teams. Now, if this turns into a Paul George situation where Paul George signed an OKC for four years, and then the next season immediately requests a trade to LA, it'll be a different story. But I think for the, MVP, you you can debate whether he's really the best player in the NBA, but he's a two-time reigning MVP, also Defensive Player of the Year coming in. For him to make the conscious decision to stay committed to Milwaukee, who
0: probably is
1: the the smallest NBA market, if not – actually, I don't know. I I, I have no clue what, what the numbers are for that, but they're definitely up there, or I guess down there when it comes to the smaller teams. Maybe Sacramento. I don't know. But uh, it's usually like, you know, you get the teams like, you know, Miami and L.A. They've got such huge advantages in free agency like they One of them could have easily taken him if they wanted to. And maybe not the Lakers with what they've signed Davis and LeBron for. But they didn't really need him. But that's besides the point the the fact that they're able to draft this guy and actually keep him when in the past we've seen Orlando draft Shaquille O'Neal, but then he goes to the Lakers and then, you know, the Cavs draft LeBron and he goes to the heat and then and just so on and so forth. And the fact that they are able to keep him there and now can really try to build around him and know that he's in it for the long haul. I think that's huge for them. And, uh, I hope they'll, I, I really hope they do win a championship with him there. Cause that would, that would certainly help, uh, other small markets in the future, I think, when it comes to keeping. Well, their I mean,
0: forget the small market argument. It's it's a matter of the supermax, right? Like the only way for the like the NBA needs the Bucks to win a championship while Giannis is on the supermax because right now the big argument against the supermax is it screws the team from a cap perspective. Mm. I mean, you've got one guy that's making up forty percent of the team's cap, right? And that just, you know, it's tough to build a team around, him you know, a guy like that. And so I, I want to say this was actually part of NBA 2K20, like, commentary. It, it's okay. interesting the detail they go into on the, on the in-game commentary. But one of the people on the commentary mentioned that they should make the Supermax count against the cap like a regular max contract so it counts for what you know 32 million whatever the max contract is sitting at right now Mm -hmm. but then the player still gets paid the 45 million whatever the supermax money is yeah so to me i think that makes more sense right because right now i think the reason why you know they put in supermax to try and entice players to stay with the team that drafted them but then players were still leaving because they were like well it handicap like if I stay, I've got to sign that supermax. max. Like why wouldn't I? But then it's also like from the team's perspective, they may the not want to
1: give it. Yeah. They may not want to give it depending on who the player is. Right. Obviously the bucks were going to give Giannis whatever they could, but like you look at who are, who are some of the players uh, that signed max deals this off season at like Tatum, De'Aaron Fox. Uh, so Tatum and-
0: signed a maximum deal that has maneuverability. De'Aaron Fox signed a maximum deal uh, I want to say Bam out of bio might have signed a new I think deal did, this yeah. off um, I mean, those guys you definitely give max contracts to, but
1: depending on the scenarios, I I, I don't know. I Tatum in the Celtics, they're gonna they're gonna pay. He's gonna be the star. He they're gonna pay Tatum whatever. But like Sacramento, they're so just out of it. Like they're not gonna. You know, Fox is one of the only good things they have going for him. So I guess in right. theory they would. But um, yeah, I mean it. it Or is that the type of player who's like a top five in the league type of player? I mean, I don't know that I've really
0: seen anyone get a super max contract that didn't deserve one. And honestly, most guys who get the regular max contracts deserve them as well. I mean, the only guy that I've ever really seen that it's a head scratcher for me as to why he got a max contract was Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward with his first contract with the Celtics, and now this contract that he just signed with Charlotte, that is the only player that I look at and I say, how is that guy getting given a max contract? Granted, he was a different player, you know, before the injury um, while playing for the Celtics where he snapped his leg in half. But I still don't think that warranted, you know, like I'm not sure that he deserved the max before that. And he certainly didn't deserve a max after that. Other than that, like I look at guys like, I mean, say what you want about Russell Westbrook definitely deserved the contract that he got. Um, look at Anthony Davis definitely deserves a max. Kyrie Irving deserves a max. Kevin Durant deserves a max. Jason Tatum deserves a max. Darren Fox deserves it. I mean, you just run down the list there. I don't think there's really a single guy on a max contract right now that doesn't deserve it. Other than Gordon Hayward, there are a lot of overpaid guys. Um, Al Horford comes to mind. Tobias Harris comes to mind. Um, who else is getting paid big money right now? I mean, before, I don't know what deal he signed this year, but Bobby Portis was definitely a little bit overpaid last year. You can make the same argument about Todd Gibson. Um, Deandre, well, the, Jordan, Knick, the Knicks were so. just, Brett the Knicks were just handing just, contracts to just, anybody. Yeah, like, They're just, just shelling out one year deals. Cause they yeah, had the money, in the huge year, so money. In yeah. Um, I look at a guy, uh, DeAndre Jordan, kind of making a little bit too much money right now, um, based on the level of productivity that he's still able to give out. Um, but, I, but just, yeah, no, I, I get your point. And just just to go back to the original thing, I, I
1: I never heard that that idea of like you know it only counts as a max deal against the cap, but they still get super max right. money. Yeah, I think, I, yeah, I think that's a good solution because like some people may say, oh, but it gives the it gives that team the advantage in su- keeping that player. But like, that's the point of the supermax. the the league wanted to give that, I guess, hometown team, you know, quote, that's a, yeah. They, they want to give the hometown team the advantage of keeping their player. Um, but like, you know, some guys will prioritize winning over making a few more million dollars or, you know, 15 more million dollars, depending on what the deal is. But if, if, they only count for max money, which they would get on another team, but they still get the benefits of a supermax player financially. Then I think that solves all parties, you know, issues with what, what happens with a supermax. Cause then you're not totally, you know, done if he goes down with an injury, depending on how else you build your roster. Um right. but, and then you can still stay competitive despite having that player. I don't know, that could create some issues down the line, but, yeah, I'd, I'd never heard of that uh, that thought. Where would you say it came from, a 2K commentary? Came from, I'm
0: pretty sure it came from NBA 2K20 and the commentary that they had and, you know, the uh, the things. It might have been um, – uh, it could have been Greg Anthony. could have been uh, Chris Weber. Yeah. Um, I I want like, those are the guys that I hear most often. It kind of rotates So the, the, I think the regular broadcast crew is Kevin Harlan. And then I want to say Greg Anthony is the consistent color guy. And then there's always a third person. So that's Chris Weber, Doris Burke. Um, who else? Uh, they had Kobe in there. I don't know if they took it out after he died or not. Um, there's, I want to say, there are a couple other guys that. Oh, um, uh, the the short white guy with gray hair that works for, I want to say, the ring. Uh, is it? Is it Sim, is, is his name Simmons? I'm just trying to. Oh, Bill Simmons. Bill Simmons, maybe. Hang on, let me look up a picture of him so that I can. Uh... <laughs> yeah bill simmons yeah okay yeah. bill simmons is one of the guys he's actually very funny when he comes when you hear you know it's it's funny how much detail they put in how good of a job they actually do with the comment this is all in a video game you're talking like yeah, all, this is a video game that's yeah. funny so, so they have them come in and you know do whatever they do to record it but it's like it's actually quality commentary um it's not always the best but you know so, some of the color commentary stuff that they talk about is actually really really interesting um that's kind of that scary course.
1: like well i mean
0: like here's the thing like it's 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 cool the first couple of times yeah, yeah. And it, and it is after cool that yeah. it gets like really repetitive and stuff because there's only so many i mean to their credit they do a really good job of having it you know kind of randomized and bounce around mm-hmm. and stuff but you yeah. do end up hearing things over and over again as you're playing the game right yeah, yeah so i mean well, i think that's all all we have for this episode of protect the shield um, hope you all enjoyed we should be doing it fairly regularly over winter break yeah yeah took a, really took a
1: bit of a gap after Thanksgiving with yeah. the finals and everything like that but,
0: uh, but yeah I don't break think break now do really has anything to do over break so we should be able to keep it up so hope yeah. you enjoyed and we will see you with episode 5 whenever that may be hope you